Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers' afternoon drive with our co hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. For the first time since last Thursday, it is Zachary Smith and Alan Saunders, both on Steelers' afternoon drive.、Uh, before we get into anything, subscribe, hit that notification bell, leave us a like. But, Alan, what's going on? Smitty, it's a beautiful day. The Steelers won. Everyone is happy. We're all living in harmony after a tortious first week. They beat the Browns. They kept their home Monday night football streak. The Browns is still the Browns, and all is right in the world. I feel like. Like, I showed up、uh, to see like Katy Perry and ended up at a death note. <laughs> That's like where I'm at right now. Like, I,、yeah. didn't the Steelers win? Why is everyone so angry? Why is that guy wearing eyeliner? No, like, I just, I, I, you know, like, what? I feel like we're in this like time warp where I have to keep reminding myself that the Steelers won last night and pretty, I mean, It was not like a fluke win. Like it was a, a solid victory. People are angry, Smitty. People are angry.、Uh, maybe it's just because、uh, we had Monday night football almost turn into Tuesday morning football. <laughs> a lot of people、maybe、probably had to wake up early. Because they're tired.、Yeah. Is that what you're saying?、Yeah. Like I could buy I mean, that. Could that is a that、right、solid now, theory.、So. It was like a three cup of coffee morning for me. I got, I got done about 3 30 last night, got going about 8 30 this morning. Uh, yeah, Ian's can do that math. Like, that's not pretty. Um, 
maybe that's it. You may be onto something. Maybe everyone is just cranky because they stayed up too late last night and that tomorrow we will all feel much better about the Steelers win. I Well, yeah, to a degree, I think that's the case. I, I also think, and there's, no matter how last night's game went, no one was going to be able to go to sleep right away. Well, obviously for you working after the game ends, even for fans, you're either riding that high of winning the football game or if they lost, man, you would have just been stewing in that for hours. I probably didn't go to sleep until three. I have a 7 a.m. alarm for work. Um, so we're here, but, uh, I think a lot of it too would have to do with the fact that we see that terrible performance in week one. You obviously see the defense really turn it around in, in week two, especially from like a splash play perspective. They still spend a lot of time on the field that obviously equates to the offense, putting them in that position. And they were giving up a good bit of yardage as well in that time, but the splash plays were there, but offensively, you really didn't see a ton of strides. I feel like taken, like I, I they look better. But did you see enough improvement from the offensive side to feel that much better after week two than in week one? Enough is the word that's that's getting me there. I did see improvement. They were better. Like they didn't, I, and yes. I think significantly, you know, especially considering no, it, without Deontay Johnson, the same would have been worse, right? Like they had yeah. to be better in week two than they were in week one just to replicate week one's results because they were doing it this time without their best offensive player. And so like, so they did that and they were better. I don't think there's clear improvement there. I also think they ran some good stuff. Like they looked like at times they knew what they were doing. Jalen Warren was very good in the first half. Najee Harris had a couple big runs in the second half. We got George Pickens on some in-breaking stuff wide open, wide open. And mm-hmm. with no Deontay Johnson on the field. I said here, I was like, he may not be open the whole rest of the year because if I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm just like, oh, 14, two guys go that way. And the Steelers still got him open. Yeah. Kenny was not good enough, but I think more accurate than he was in the first game, right? Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and and didn't make great decisions, didn't really take care of the football through one interception, probably deserved to throw a second one of that uh, very ill-advised throw to Najee Harris as he was running out of bounds on the sideline. But I still think probably did a better job of finding his open guys than he did in week one. So I think there's there's positives there. Um, mm-hmm. But the enough thing is is where it all falls apart, right? That's, I mean, our, yeah. our much better performance from Kenny Pickett was a 71.8 passer rating would have been the worst of any starting quarterback in the NFL all last season. Worse than he was last season. That is just simply not good enough. So I understand the frustration, but I do think the Steelers – showed progress and um i don't know i i think it's it's an interesting game to break down i have not watched the film yet i'm, I'm well see that's what i was going to say I, and that's why i asked the question the way that i did because yeah. i think i i watched it back today and i do feel a lot better offensively with what I saw in week two than in week one. But obviously I don't expect every fan to go and do that. When you're watching on the surface last night's game, I don't know that you're going to come away feeling like, oh, all of a sudden within one week, this offense looked much better in week two than in week one. Yeah, much better, probably not. But they did look better. And I think they kept, you know, the difference between the Steelers offense and the Browns offense was that the Steelers were able to win in spite of a bad offense. And the Mm -hmm. Browns bad offense cost them the game. Right, I mean that's the, that's the difference. Yeah. Right, like both mm-hmm. defenses played very well, but the Browns' offense was so bad 
that they cost them the game. Deshaun Watson, mostly. I mean, Nick Chubb gets hurt. Nothing you can do about that. I thought Jerome Ford was very good yeah. um, as, as a backup. The Browns offensive line is still good. Amari uh, Cooper played and, and played pretty well. Didn't look like a guy mm-hmm. who bothered by a groin injury to me right mm-hmm. so david and joku was um, one of his best games against the steelers one of my um pre-game primer predictions was that no terrell edmonds was going to mean that he was going to go up and he definitely did until he uh, got that uh fumble from cole holcomb uh that really changed the game there late i, I just i don't know i think they were better it's not where they want to be but i think they definitely showed some signs of improvement talked to mike tomlin today about lots of things but one of the things he said was like I'm not concerned about our offense because I'm involved in the process. And like, I think anytime you're involved in the process and you can see immeasurable improvement, I think it's very easy to talk yourself into being on the right track. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's an interesting way. No matter how far you are from where you want to go, you know, like if I'm in the middle of nowhere and my car breaks down and I'm out of gas, what am I going to do? Oh, I'm just going to start walking towards gas station. You know, and if I just start walking randomly and I see like, oh, look, there's a gas station five miles away. Like, I'm not really in a good spot, but I'm a little better than I was when I didn't know what I was doing. You know, like you're you have to when you're in it, you have to measure the success any way you can. And I think uh, they're not going to beat their chest and crow about that performance or anything. But I think they feel like they found some stuff out about what this offense can do without Deontay Johnson in it. And which they're going to have to figure out for a few more weeks as well. I think the one question was going to be really like that Ravens game before the bye if we were going to get him back. Now we know that we're not going to. So we will see the Raiders, Texans, and Ravens before that bye. Um, with where the, this offense is right now, and those opponents obviously maybe like some get right spots for this offense with the Raiders and Texans coming up. You said you haven't watched back on tape, but just at first glance, when you see like some things seeing improvement, would you agree with that? Do you think that there are a couple get right spots for this offense coming up in the schedule? Yeah, I think the Raiders defense is anywhere near as good as the Browns. Well, you still have to deal with Max Crosby. Uh, I don't think the Texans defense is even as good as the Raiders. So it, that that's definitely a couple. Now the Baltimore defense is playing really, yeah, yeah. really Mm-hmm. So now that's that's going to be a challenge. And I think um, we'll see about L.A. I, I don't think L.A.'s defense on paper looks very good. I haven't watched them play yet. Um, but uh, actually, I did. I watched them play some of that San Francisco game. Um, their, their defense looks like it isn't very good on paper. It's done okay. Uh, we'll see. But, you know, it does not seem like an overwhelming test these next few weeks to be able to find yourself as an offense. And that's really what the Steelers need to do. Get their mojo back, as uh, Mike Tomlin said in his press conference today. Yeah, and then I mentioned how much time the defense spent on the field. 35 minutes and 28 seconds time of possession for the Browns in this one. It was really about the splash plays from the defense. Now, I think it's fair to say that it's not really sustainable to get two defensive touchdowns per game from your team. Um, But when you look at this performance... Okay. Okay. Well, well. Let's 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 have that conversation then. Like, how sustainable do you think, or how close can they get to replicating this type of defensive performance in a week in week out basis? I mean, they did that with no Cam Hayward and a half a game of no Minka Fitzpatrick. Like, yeah, I don't true. know. Like, very true. Yeah, I think they could be pretty good. I think the Steelers' defense is. Let me say this: I don't think that that production level from the Steelers in terms of points and and, scoring points on defense and, and four turnovers and six sacks. 
in a game where like you're trailing half the time, you never have the ball and you give up 400 yards offense. That's probably not going to happen. But mm-hmm. I think the Steelers can play better down and distance defense than they have. I still don't think we've seen the best version of this defense come out yet. You know, especially, you know, those, those, I think we saw some better communication. Mike Tomlin alluded to that from week one to week mm-hmm. two. I still think there's some gaps in there where things are sliding in between the cracks in terms of the communication and just the spacing between the safeties and the linebackers, safeties in the corners. Um, I think Levi Wallace is getting them left on islands and abused in ways that he probably shouldn't. And they got to figure that out. I think they could play Joey Porter jr. More, and that would be some help there. So I think that the defense probably will not have that kind of game again, but I think they can have, they can play better than they did. And so then I think the total output uh, seems reasonable to me that they can be that good of a defense in aggregate, maybe not specifically two touchdowns, but, but they can be that good of a defense in aggregate going forward. What did you make of uh, you? You mentioned Cole Holcomb earlier and just like, obviously playing at that second level, um, he's been brought in on a three-year contract. They hopefully hope that he's part of that off-ball linebacker solution for the time being and in the future. What did you make of his performance in week two? Did you think he bounced back after a really bad week one? I thought he was the most improved player from week one to week two. I also think his assignment is probably the guy who who had his assignment get the, the, the most, you know, the easiest from week one to week two, right? He goes from dealing with this two-headed Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel slot concept monster against, you know, Kyle Shanahan, who's one of the best at scheming it up, to the Browns, who basically play a lot of like two tight end and Chubb just plays running back and and Joku just plays tight end. And I, I think really he had a much simpler assignment this week. You know, I'm mm-hmm. starting to think about that 49ers game in terms of, you know, some of those like week one games against the Patriots over the years where it just felt like the mm-hmm. Steelers defense might not have been as bad as they looked in that week because of the combination of like week one stuff happening while you're dealing with like one of the elite take advantagers of stuff guys on the other side and, and Shanahan and that, and that mix and match very dynamic offense. So I think, I think I'm, I'm stock way up on the defense uh, compared to where I was a week ago. I believed coming into this year that they could be a top 10 defense. I still think they can be a top 10 defense, even without Minka and cam. They showed it. They can do that. They'll need individual players to step up and they'll need to, continue to hone in and maximize their scheme for what they got. But I think they can be that good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree. Um, you mentioned Nick Chubb there. Um, obviously man, the most devastating thing that I've seen in person at a game, that injury, I mean, they didn't even show it. Uh, like people were texting me, like they wouldn't even show it on TV at home and stuff like that. They did show it once on the jumbotron there. Um, I don't know if they re- realized or not, like if they were just showing a replay of it, and then they're like, oh, crap, like we should probably shouldn't have shown that. But the most devastating injury I've seen live. Um, so all, all thoughts to him in a hopeful recovery. Uh, but that play where Minka Fitzpatrick goes low on him as, you know, somebody's attempting to tackle him high has sparked a large conversation um, on X. I'm, I'm sure other places as well, but X is kind of where the, the go-to spot is for these conversations about it. You know, guys that are typically more on the offensive player side are saying that it's a dirty hit. 
you never want to go low. You should never be chopping to the guy's legs like that. Guys on the defensive side are saying you're never going to tackle a running back like that going high. Mink is doing the right thing. Unfortunate result of a play that he should be making. Alan, where are we at with this? I think we're in like we're on the upside down again. Like back back to just pick a different metaphor for the feeling I was ex- describing at the beginning of the game, at the beginning of the mm-hmm. show. We went, are now to the point in the NFL where we are criticizing a safety for making a legal tackle against the best running back in football, or at the very least, like a top five guy. What what are we doing here? Like, was he supposed to let him score because he might get hurt? Like, this is professional football. People get hurt. There's a reason why teams are afraid to practice, right? Well, because even like the, the reason that teams are afraid to practice in pads and have contact practices is that even when players are going against their own teammates and trying as hard as they possibly can to take it easy on one another, injuries happen. You can't legislate injuries out of football. There is a 100% chance of injury when you sign up to play the game. Nick Chubb knew that. And if you're the running back and you have a guy coming up over your shoulder and you're getting hit and you don't want somebody else to hit you low, go down. It's really easy. If you go Mm -hmm. down at the first contact, the second guy can never take your legs out from you. But you can't expect to try to fight off one tackler and let the second guy take it easy on you. That's just not how football works. Uh, I don't think Minka Fitzpatrick should feel any remorse for that hit. I, I think he did his job. I think if I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm circling this play on on the on the board today. I'm saying Minka did what he's supposed to do. And if Minka stands there and does nothing, and Chubb breaks that tackle from Holcomb and goes and scores a touchdown, I'm flagging Minka and saying, "What the heck is this effort here? 39." Like that's his yeah. job to stop him by. Any legal means necessary. If they want to legislate below-the-waist tackles out of football, good luck. I think you're going to make the game impossible, but uh, it certainly isn't the case right now. So I I think it's absurd that we're talking about that play. And also, like, do we not know who Minka Fitzpatrick is at this point? I mean, this is not, um, um, you know, listen, I think we can talk about this as a Steelers podcast and not be hypocrites, right? Okay. This is not Joey Porter or James Harrison making this play. Okay. Like there right. are some people who have a bit of a, you know, well-known proclivity for towing, crossing, uh, smashing people over the line. Okay. Minka Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. is not that dude. He doesn't do anything dirty, soft-spoken, professional well regarded by his teammates and opponents alike like get out of here about talking about that guy being dirty yeah i would agree i and it's interesting talking about like that's just the way that it is taught now in a running back like nick chubb that's what a guy who how many pounds do you think nick chubb has on mike fitzpatrick by the way like 30 listed at 20 but i would say more yeah okay Either way, that's that's the way that that type of player has to approach trying to tackle that type of player. But especially, you know, now with all the information with head injuries and stuff, you're already lowering the target. Yeah, what do you want to do? It, like you tell him he I, can't use his helmet as a weapon. You can't hit mm-hmm. the other guy in the head, and and you're talking about a guy who's low to the ground with a shot. I mean, there's there's no other target. Like you got to give him a place to tackle. Unfortunately, the knees are it. And look, like. I'm not going to minimize this. This is a bad injury for Nick Chubb. It's bad for his career. It's bad for football that Nick Chubb isn't playing. But also, like, um, your brain is a lot more important than your knee. Like, for your life, not just your career, okay? Like, like, you get a cane, like, that would suck. That'd be a bad outcome. 
Um, I would sign up to play professional football to make hundreds of millions of dollars if I knew I had to walk a cane, walk with a cane after. I would not if I knew my brain was going to be scrambled eggs at the end of it. Okay, like let's let's be real. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think the other part of that too is like people slowing down the clip and talking about it. Like, well, hey, if Minka Fitzpatrick was able to play football, <laughs> slowing down the speed of it like that. I mean, uh, again, you, you have to make that play. If, it, if but Minka was the time, last airbender, you know, he'd just yeah, like get up yeah, underneath right. him and then hit him this way. You know, he also slipped yeah. going into the hit too. So like he mm-hmm. was kind of falling forward as he goes into it. Um, right. Just, just like nonsense, nonsense that that we're talking about this and um, you know, I. I yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick is not a dirty player, and if he was, I would say so. Yeah, uh, but again, not to minimize this injury at all for Nick Chubb and the Cleveland Browns. No, I mean, completely changes the complexion of the whole yeah. rest of the divisional race. Like, I hate to say this, especially because of why it happened. Cleveland season might have peaked in week one. Like, it might be over. And, and oh, that's not... That's not me as a Pittsburgh guy saying anything bad about Cleveland. That's how much that guy means to that team, that offense, and how bad Deshaun Watson looked at the same time. Like, well, that's all they got. What I mean, the offensive line can't block for nobody. I mean, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good defense. They play hard. I like Kevin Stefanski as an Exus nose coach. I think he does lots of good things. But I don't. I, I can't from my seat right here see how they can survive this as a playoff hopeful it just feels right. like it's lost yeah i mean that's what i said in a response to somebody talking about it like i felt like with him you know they're they're a fringe wild card team they could definitely remain in the mix without him i i, I don't see how they're not missing the playoffs by like multiple games like they're not even going to be relatively in the mix with some of those other bubble teams um I want to talk about though. You just mentioned Deshaun Watson. What it? What is it at this point? Do you think like it's unprecedented for a player, obviously, to miss the amount of time he did and then come back and play at that same level that he looked like before? At the same time, it's like we really don't have like a body of work to go one way or another if it's, if it was possible. And he was still like twenty six. Is he twenty six still, or is he twenty seven? Either way, now, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Um. Either way, but yeah. So, like, is it mechanics? At this point, it can't just be rust. Like, it can't just be the excuse forever. He played six games last year. He's played two games this year. Had the full off season. Like, what is it with him? Why is he not back to at least somewhat close to that level? I don't know. I just think there is a very fine edge that you have to be honed to to be a professional athlete. And I think there's a number of games or an amount of time there. If you miss it and if you're out for that long, it's really hard to ever get it back. I don't think it's just football. I think it's anybody. Any, You know, we've seen guys come back from missing that amount of time and had good careers. I think it's very rare to see guys miss that amount of time and come back and be the person that they were before, the player that they were before. I think you can see it across sports. I said the same thing five years ago or whatever when Jung Ho Gung missed all that time yeah. with the Pirates. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like it's the same thing. He comes back. He was still working hard. He was still trying. Um, in fact, anything, I think he worked harder after the suspension than he did before. He was a little lazy before. Like he 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 really tried like he just didn't have it anymore. I I I just think that is a 
a thing that we see happen over and over again. Mike Vick. Mike Vick even went to the Pro Bowl after he came back. But he was never the same kind of dynamic playmaker that he was those first few years in Atlanta. He became something else. He reinvented. Maybe that's the hope for Deshaun Watson, right? Is that if he can't be Deshaun Watson anymore, can he be someone else that's still pretty good? Um, That, I will say, is possible. But uh, what we saw last night was the opposite of that. What we saw last night was the single biggest reason the Steelers won the game was number four in white, white, and white. A lot of white, yeah. Lot of white. Um, Very well, little brown. What's interesting is strange to be the, the Browns and not I like. I think they're good-looking uniforms. It's just weird to be the Browns and not want to wear brown. I don't get it. Yeah. Um. It, it. And we saw this last year in the last game of the season with him too, where like he extends the play a bunch, but then ultimately ends up taking a sack. Like it, so, most guys, it's good at the quarterback position when you're able to extend plays. If you are then able to do something with the football for him, he's extending a play just to end up going down at the end of it anyway or throwing it away or incomplete pass. Like his ability to extend plays hasn't actually resulted into anything positive for the Browns yet. Extending plays only works if you're doing it because you have to and then you're getting something for doing it. I feel like Watson just kind of extends the plays just to extend them and like turns down. He's just running around aimlessly. He turns down easy, you know, completions that he could. I think we've seen some of that from Kenny Pickett this year too. Turns down easy stuff and then ends up making his life harder. Yeah. I think that's Mm -hmm. definitely a thing. Yeah. Well, okay. Kenny Pickett, Steelers offense. Let's go there now. Audibly, unless you were Mike Tomlin or anybody on the Steelers side, you could hear, fire Canada chance. Well, Mike Tomlin said that he heard it. I will say when you have your helmet he did, on. Oh, okay. I thought players. I saw something about, oh, so it was just the players that said they didn't the hear it. the players that said they did. Okay. And then, I, you know, I don't know. If you're on the field, it's kind of noise. The, the stadium PA did like bring up some music pretty quickly to kind of try to like drown it yeah. out, I would assume. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you could hear it. You could hear it. So, you know, let's let's have a little bit of a conversation about that now. Because you you said at the beginning when we first started talking about the offense, there was improvement from week one to week two. What did you see? And obviously, I'm not going to ask like if you thought those those chances were justified or not. But um, you can ask where that. are we at? Obviously, from we one week to week that. two, we we can talk about that. I'm okay. okay. All right. Well, well let me ask you something. Since me... you were there, you were there. Yes. Were, were you a participator in the Fire Canada chance? I wasn't. Okay. I, that's never really been my now, thing. Like even no, when people boo and stuff, like. Yeah, I mean, Boo City, PA. There you go, the other Pittsburgh football team. Boo, Boo City, PA. Um, I, I'll say this. I don't think there's anything wrong with voicing your displeasure in that way if you're a paying customer. I thought Mike Tomlin did an excellent job of handling mm-hmm. that conversation. Um, it's just, it's, uh, it's interesting to me that we've, settled on this kind of being the the talking point here like we all know they're not going to fire him right and that not only are they not going to fire him that there's nobody else that's going to be a reasonable upgrade right at this like even if mike tomlin woke up today and was like man i'm just tired of this dude like let's do it like that's not Mm going to result in better offense for the steelers next week like under any circumstances and probably the opposite yeah. And like, 
there's some uh, somebody on Twitter was saying like, oh, the Steelers players are being told to protect Canada by, you know, having to say they didn't hear it. I'm like, I mean, first of all, players don't listen for shit. So like, like that's that's a bad that's a bad if your if your conspiracy theory starts with all oh, the teams telling the players to do this, nah, probably not. Second of all, I don't get the sense that the players are that frustrated with the scheme. I feel like the players feel like they're not playing very well. I I mean, you can usually tell when the players are pissed at the coach. And I'm not really getting a lot of that vibe from this team. Like it feels like they're disappointed, they're frustrated. Um there's some of them are being frustrated about their usage, which is common and and expected mm-hmm. happens to even great offenses. I don't really get the sense that like guys are pining for some kind of change to be made here. Certainly not like the players that matter. Yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying in terms of obviously making a change in season. Like who would it be? Like Mike Sullivan ends up being the offensive coordinator for the rest of the season. Like just, just could be, I mean, it, it couldn't be like, that's not even a realistic option. It would have to be like, is Byron Leftwich still unemployed? Like that's like yeah, he, he it, is. It would yeah. have to be someone like that. Like, okay, I well, I didn't even think about them bringing in anybody external for the rest of the season. Like obviously they would make that change in the off season, but I I didn't know if that would be something they'd be willing to do in season. Well, I mean, look, they're the Steelers aren't going to. I mean, maybe if you if it's like week eleven and they're you know four and seven or something like that, but like mm-hmm. the Steelers are trying to make the playoffs here. Like they're not yeah. gonna do anything that's gonna harm this week's game. Uh mm-hmm. and and clearly firing your coordinator does that. They're not gonna get to that road probably before the end of the season, no matter what happens. like like that's the thing, is like can you make a case that Matt Canada doesn't deserve to be the Steelers offense coordinator? Absolutely. Um, but like talking about firing him is talking about nothing because like it, it's just not sensical to do that. I saw a fan today say, honestly, it's just like basically wanting change just to make change, like firing Canada, no matter what the result is, is what they want to have happen because it would ensure that they were doing something different next season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can understand that emotionally, but not rationally, you know, right. Like it's only change is only better if it's an change is only a good thing. If it's an improvement, can the Steelers hire better offense? You know, like I, again, We'll say this, and everyone's going to disagree, and that's fine. That was not that bad of a call. Uh, he, it's not like the coordinator was like committing malpractice out there. Like he schemed up George Pickens to be open ten times. That Saw one with uh, Jalen. That one with Jalen Warren, right? Was really got Jalen nice. Warren open. Got yeah. Connor Hayward open once. Had Calvin Austin wide open, and Kenny th- threw it in the middle of his back. Like there was some new stuff that we haven't seen before. I can't. Yeah. I don't think it was that bad. I mean, there was a couple bad calls. Sure. But, like, to me, that was about league average play calling. I want to ask you about that, uh, their last offensive possession, that third down where they put it in Kenny's hands. That one's a bad call. Okay. It's not a bad I was wondering where you were at with it. Like, is it a bad read by Kenny? Yes, but it's still a bad call because – you know, the point of that kind of play is 
that that kind of misdirection, you know, you need to have the threat of a pass in the strategic concept. Okay. The defense kick on the field saying 100% this is a run or that play won't work. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the defense is paying attention to the pass, then that play has a shot. But when you have extra linebackers in, because they're not, there was no, you'll look at the tape. There's no middle zone in that whole deal. All, all, if Kenny just goes like this, some Steelers player probably comes up with it because there were no Ravens down the field. Okay. Like, but if you, you know, if you're, if, if the team is willing to sell out that way to stop a regular run, because that's I'm assuming what the Ravens were expecting, then they're going to stop this run too. Like it's bad play calling. It's bad strategy. It, it doesn't, it doesn't mesh. I actually thought that if, if I'm calling the play there and look, I'm not qualified to do that, but if I'm calling the play there, give me a play action hero ball to George Pickens and win the game. Like, I think if you're going to go down for like a gutsy play call on third and one, I like that one a lot better than I like Kenny on a read option. Like Kenny on a read option, best case scenario, you get three yards. Give me a 50-50 ball to George. Like, I don't like if you if you want to get squirrely with that call and you don't want to just hand it off, I think I'd much rather take my chances down the field for a chunk play than than whatever that was that they they tried. That was a bad call. But there were not that many of those. Like right. that was yeah. that was the 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 reverse to Calvin Austin. Sort of, I will say mostly the same things I just said about that call kind of apply. To that you know you, you, the idea of a misdirection needs more downfield passing to to get the linebackers out of the the run lanes and i i just didn't think they had it i thought the the series after kenny threw the interception was devastatingly predictable you know throws throws his pick and then you come run up hand off at the middle two times in a row like you can't be that uh predictable but like man like man do y'all people remember how much you hated every other offensive coordinator the Steelers have ever had? Like, do you remember that? Like, they all do the yeah. same stuff. It's like, it's not that, it's not that different. And probably hate the next one too. Hate uh, the next one too. I want to ask you the last thing, because you mentioned in terms of like player frustration and where it lies, if it's on their own performance, if it's within the scheme or what. It seemed like, and maybe you have a different opinion of the way it was last year for the players too, in terms of their frustration. How would you compare last year's frustration to this year's frustration? If you even felt like there was frustration for the offensive players last year. I honestly feel like last year there was so much new that the offense didn't even really have any expectations to be frustrated by not meeting. I do feel Mm -hmm. like this year's preseason set up some expectations that they are frustrated by not getting to. Okay. But like, if you're saying that the preseason was good and that we should be as good as we were in the preseason, then you're also saying like, Hey, the plays we were calling the preseason were fine. <laughs> right? Like you, know, you kind of have to take the whole package. Like if you're a player and you say like, we got to get back to where we were two or three weeks ago. Well, where we were two, three weeks ago was Matt Canada calling the plays. Like it's hard to point the finger at that guy. And look, he deserves part of the blame. Those were some bad play calls in there. The Steelers got behind the sticks a couple times because of them. And they had to punt the ball. Uh, but there were lots of other reasons they got behind the sticks too. The offensive line didn't block very well. Kenny was bad again. You know, there was a couple drops. Like you know, I didn't think Najee Harris was that good, in the, especially in the first half. There's plenty of blame to go all the way around if if you wanna if you wanna blame it. And certainly the coordinator owns some of it. The last thing I'm gonna say about this is this: 
When I'm talking about Matt Canada right now, I'm evaluating the offensive coordinator on his play calling abilities. But what I said this offseason was the biggest reason not to bring Matt Canada back was not that he's a bad play caller. It's that he has never developed a quarterback the way the Steelers need Kenny Pickett to develop. He has never taken an average talent and honed him into something special. And he's certainly never done it at the NFL level, he's in most of his offenses, the running back has been the star. The Steelers have invested too much in Kenny Pickett for him to not get the best development. And if at the end of the year, you look up at the at the stats, you say, okay, we were a little bit better, and Canada mostly called some plays that made sense, but Kenny didn't get much better, then I think he has to go no matter what. Even if the play-calling decisions were good, the end product with Kenny Pickett is so much more important than that, but it is far too early to make any kind of judgment or conclusion about where Kenny Pickett is going to be in that development curve when we get to the time to make that decision at the end of this year. I agree with everything that you just said. I think, you know, his job goes beyond play calling other, you know, despite what people on X might say. So, uh, we will leave it at that. Alan, great conversation. As always, tell the people Good where stuff. they can find you. Yeah, I hope I didn't talk too much for our one. Uh, I, well, one I don't know if you could tell in my voice. Like, I, I, It's a little bit weak today after <laughs> last night's game, so I needed you to definitely for our one carry dis- this one. Disgruntled yeah. commenter. Um, by the way, why are you disgruntled but never gruntled? Just throwing that out there. I don't, wow. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to be thinking about that the rest of the night now. There you go. At Ace Unders underscore PGH on X. At PGH Steelers Now is the site's account there. SteelersNow.com. At PGH Steelers Now on YouTube. That's where this lives. Like and subscribe. Leave a comment. We want your vehicles. Tailgate, mobiles, Steelers decorated. I didn't really see any yesterday, and that was weird. Whatever you got. Boat, yacht, paddleboard, whatever. (laughs) We'll take them all. And uh, dog sled. You know, whatever. Whatever you got. Uh, and then um, we'll do this again tomorrow. I think I'm gonna take a next next home game. I think I'm gonna take a, a walk along the water there, see For if Steelers I can see any boat. boat. Yeah, I think it'll be worth it to take a trip and just see. But um, I am Zachary Smith, PGH, feeling very gruntled as of the time of recording this. Um, <laughs> as Alan said, be sure to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, comment down below. If you guys are listening somewhere that isn't YouTube, also leave us a five-star review wherever that is. Uh, thanks for tuning into another episode. This has been Steelers Afternoon Drive for Alan Saunders, for Smitty. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, thanks for jumping in and taking another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.